All right, everyone, welcome to Tone Deaf. This is your host, Tambor Beaker. Zach Schumann. We have some guests with us today from the band Looking Through Me. Um, I'm Damien, I do uh, clean vocals. I'm Jason, I play guitar. Uh, I'm Tabor, I play drums. And who are the members of the band that are not with you today? Um, we have Gage Appella, who does uh, unclean vocals, Jacob Bartlett, who plays bass. And, and Daniel Gifford, who does er, guitar. What genre would you classify yourselves as? Metalcore. Metalcore. Close. We're like... It's kind of like an in-between thing, honestly. Yeah, really like cliche 2007 emo kid band. So attack, attack is back. Yep, attack, attack is back. Bringing back crabcore and super tight skinny jeans. Do you guys have any uh, influences that you guys like to put into your music? Motionless and white. Good band. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, I think for me, definitely Bad Omens. I'm actually really good friends with those guys, and they're super chill. Um, and then definitely Michael Barr, and he actually just checked out our uh, single that we put out way back in March, Facade, and he said he liked it and wants to do vocal production with us, and definitely think we're going to take advantage of that at some point. Ice Nine Kills has, plays a lot into a yeah. music, too. For vocals, it's probably be a mix between I Prevail and uh, Ice, Ice Nine, Nine Kills. You guys said that you do have music out. Yeah. Yes. We just came out with a new song called Hurricane, the 25th. So where do you guys publish those? Um, pretty much every major retailer. Uh, I just go through DistroKid, and that puts it on the freshest sites that come out. So like, if one were to pop, like new music retailer to pop up today, the way our upload process works is DistroKid would deliver it to that site, and whenever they're like, I guess you can say box accept it, it would turn out onto that site. It's kind of like a really long process depending on whatever site you're using. It took Spotify like three weeks after the release just to put it up there. But with Hurricane, this was a pre-release thing. We had had the chance to upload because we were new. We were doing the premiere with New Noise, and I was like, okay, I got to get this up there, make sure it's ready, and make sure we're good to go for the release. Have you guys ever performed live? Uh, not yet. We're waiting for the day. We got a couple of great offers waiting for us, and when those come around and when we're ready, we're definitely going to hop on that. We got a couple of people who want to do features with us, and then we have our friends in Stories Through Storms who are also local, and they definitely want to hop on the show with us. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of places offering to, like, have us play there. Basically, our new vocalist, he just has a lot of connections, and he's done a lot for this band, and so has everyone else, and it's just moving really great for the time being. What are some of your guys' favorite venues to go and see shows? The Midland. Yeah. Definitely for bigger artists, yeah. I'd say like the Midland or Uptown, but like smaller shows, I'd say the Granada, the I Bottleneck, and then of course we have the Aftershock, which is where I'm constantly going for shows. I personally love the Granada. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a lot. I like it's the really chill personality there. there. Outdoor, I'd have to say uh, the Cricket Wireless it's Amphitheater. It's not Cricket anymore. It's Providence, bud. Providence, Providence whatever. Medical Center Amphitheater. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's changed a lot Yeah, it used to be called like Sandstone. Or it whatever. was like Sandstone, Verizon, Cricket, and then now Providence. And then in like three years, it's probably going to be some other random crap. It's yeah. going to be Sprint. <laughs> no, because that's the Sprint Center. I mean, they can't do that. They can't do that. Underground tunnels connecting the two. Conspiracy theory. You see, like the Granada. I remember the first time I ever went to go see a show at the Granada, it was Pierce the Veil with Movements and I the Mighty opening for them. The Granada, it's great for like close interaction. It's really easy to just get right up close to the bands. It's yeah. like, it's just close proximity. There's really no bad seats at the Granada. Yeah. yeah. My first show at the Granada was uh, Cannibal Corpse, and that was extremely intense. And it was, I, I think the Granada vibe there just made it all the more better. I think it was a great venue for Cannibal Corpse and like those old school death metal bands. Have you guys uh, been writing and planning on recording like a full length album anytime soon? 
Yeah, we're all kind of like working on songs. Yeah, we uh, we have some songs in the mix. We're all figuring our own stuff out. We're trying to better ourselves as musicians as we go along, but we're trying to uh, hopefully shoot for a full length sometime soon. So how did you guys all meet? Just randomly, or did you guys kind of... Okay, well, um, this is an interesting story. Um, we had a previous vocalist uh, um, when I founded the band in, I think, 2015, late 2015. I had just, uh, like, stepped down from my internship program. Not really an official program. It's kind of like a position I was working with a friend at who owns, like, a record label, whatever you want to call it, out in Michigan. Um, I was supposed to, like, kind of represent bands from this area, but no one really talked to um, me. I was kind of a freak. Um, and then the band that our ex-vocalist was previously in, they had kicked him out, and that's when I was like, I'm, you know, leaving the internship, and he's like, you know, do you want to start a band? I was like, yeah, sure, it's always been like a dream of mine, and went on for a while, uh, I wrote Facade, um, he wrote the lyrics for that, I'll give him the shout out for that, but after that, things started getting really deteriorative with him, uh, he started turning really negative, so we uh, parted ways with him, and that was after I picked up Damien, which literally, uh, we worked at Freddy's together, I just kind of literally walked up to him, I was like, hey, do you want to be in my band? And he was like, yeah, sure. I was like, I bet you should hit up your friend Tabor, too. We get him on drums. I heard he's pretty killer. And Damien and I have been friends since my Eighth sixth gr grade year. Yeah. And I'm a junior in high school now. So we've been friends for, I'm like not going to. five gonna, years. Five years. Four or five. And we, some were, we were in like four different bands together that ended up not working out. And then Jason picked us up. And for a while, I wasn't sure because I was technically in the band, but I wasn't sure what I was going to do after they asked me to play because they came out with something that I didn't really like personally. It changed a lot from what I thought it was going to be. So Yeah, definitely. I think we have musicians, like, in just past year, we have all kind of stepped out. But um, continuing the story, uh, after I picked them up and we parted ways with their old vocalist, we had, like, these couple weeks where the song was deadline because I had already made the announcement because I thought our vocalist that was previously in the band was going to finish it up. Him and I are actually really good friends now. But after that, um, I found Gage. Uh, he... Uh, sent in a webcam video tryout over the track that uh, was a demo at the time. And then I was like, okay, you know, this is really sick. I showed it to Damien and Tabor, and they really liked it. So we hit up our producer, Nick Thornton. Um, we went there, recorded the track, and kind of dropped it. Saw what everybody thought, and had a really great turnout, and we've been working really hard ever since. Yeah, and then shortly after releasing that, we picked up Daniel and Jacob, because originally I was playing bass and doing clean vocals, but we decided that he could do bass, and I could just do vocals to make it a little bit simpler. Do you guys have any tips for anyone who is trying to start a band? Grind. Um, yeah, just really, really, really put your work in. You're going to get recognized at some point. Fortunate enough for us, um, I'm, me and Gage are pretty well known out in the Kansas City area, so we have a lot of hype behind the band. And, you know, Stories Through Stormzy, also other Topeka local. Uh, I was really, 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 really good friends with them and kind of hyped us up out there. I met quite a few people, and everyone in the Kansas City music scene really tightly knit now. Everyone's kind of getting back together, and there's not as much beef as there was in previous years, which is really, really, really great to see. Yeah, like a lot of us, like, we'll message each other on Facebook, and we're all just kind of know each other and are friends. For advice, I definitely say utilize as much time as you have to do the things you need to do. We recently learned that the hard way a little bit because we all got really busy for like a month straight and we kind of stalled, but we're back on track now. 
we were having a lot of hard time working and we realized we weren't in the spot we needed to be mm. but we're getting there now obviously we released hurricane so we got it back on track but for a second there we thought we were hopeless yeah i mean definitely just keep pushing if you're an aspiring musician you're gonna make it someday don't let anyone put you down we haven't even been in like an official official like actual band for a year and we're already at like a thousand facebook likes um I get recognized in public and at work occasionally. Just if you just keep pushing and pushing, I, you're gonna definitely make it. I actually got recognized the first, for the first time today. It was like a crazy experience. And it's just like kind of crazy to say, like since this technically is a business, we're profiting off of it. We're all semi-successful business owners before we're even out of high school. And that's just really insane to say. So are there any other local bands other than Stories Through Storms that you guys tend to connect with? Yeah, not out of Topeka. Um, Major Thrill out in Spring Hill, which is just outside of Olathe, where we record. They're really tightly knit dudes. So is Young Medicine. Um, she Sees Ghosts. From Myth and Legend, they're really chill. They came up to me and my, our vocalist at Warped Tour kicked it with us. Autumn Lies Empty. Yeah, definitely Autumn Lies Empty. Um, we are actually working with a lot of people in the Kansas City music scene. They're helping us out. Um, Stories Through Storms, uh, their guitarist Nick is who our producer is. Uh, he has some really, really cheap rates. If you ever need recording for what you're paying for, definitely go with him. But of course, also with Young Medicine, you have Brett Leiber. He's just as good as Nick. And then you have Kevin Gates out in Springfield, Missouri, I think. Pretty chill music scene out in Kansas City, I'd say. Are there any uh, local artists that you want to collaborate with or are in the works of collaborating with? I kind of want to do a song with Stories Through Storms. Definitely with Stories. Um, with Major Thrill, um, after Josh was one of the people who were the five to hear the song early, Hurricane, he was wanting to do a song with us and we're trying to figure something out and get him on the track for sure. Are there any big name bands that you guys would love to collaborate with? Oh. The list goes on and on, honestly. Yeah. My top three, definitely Motionless and White, number one. These guys get tired of me talking about them, but they're like the main influence behind my music. Ever since their Creatures album came out, I've been a fan. Slipknot, 100%. And I'd probably have to say right now, Ice Nine Kills would be awesome to work with. Spencer seems like he's really cool dude to work with. Stories Through Storms did something with him, so... Um, for me, Jason, definitely Bad Omens, you know, they're particularly my main influence. And they're tightly knit dudes. I was really, really great friends with them when they first started touring. Like, their first tour way back in 2016 was their first shows ever. I was really great friends with dudes at the time. Noah does a lot of production on the side. I've wanted to work with him for a while. And I want to get him on a feature, but unfortunately, he doesn't do them. But I think at the same time, his contract with his record label doesn't allow him. Uh, another band, or I guess artist I want to work with is Michael Barr after he hit us up saying he thinks our songs do. Uh, he's from the band Volumes, or was. They have two vocals if you're ever familiar with them. He does a lot of great solo stuff now. As far as I know, he's not really back in the metal scene. There has been a lot of speculation around him coming back. I really hope he does. He's talented all around. And for my last artist, I'd have to say probably Rory from Dayseeker. He's the only like Latino vocalist in the game right now. And it's kind of like sad to see we're not as racially diverse in our music scenes as we should be, but he's talented definitely. Their new album is taking a lot on me. It seems really personal to Rory. Just like how Hurricane was really personal for me and Gage when we were writing the vocals. It has a lot of connections the previous things in our lives but there's definitely just a long 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 list of people I would definitely work with yeah see for me Damien I think for like a songwriting process and like doing vocals in general I'd want to work with uh, Garrett from uh, Silent Planet 
just because some of like the lyrics he writes has like it's so in depth with like psychology and uh philosophy probably i prevail just because i'm getting into them a lot lately since they have two vocalists i want like and we're kind of the same style i'd want to see like if they would help us out with that and try to do something trying to think of a third one Attila. Attila would be fun, but because they're one of my favorite bands, I'd have to say The White Noise because Sean Walker, I've talked to him a little bit and he's a really cool dude. And I figure he'd like to do something like super heavier because they're more of like a metal punk type of thing. And it's pretty cool though because they have like older punk influence with newer metal style and it's great. Have you guys ever like sat down and listened to a lot of like hardcore 80s punk like Black Flag, Dead Kennedys? I'm a huge punk fan. <laughs> I am as well. Yeah, I have a pretty diverse music taste, so whenever I hit shuffle, that stuff will typically come up every now and then. Yeah, I have a lot of Spotify playlists. I organize them by emojis, as cringy as that is. <laughs> I recently fell in love with the emojis, so I just organize everything by emojis. And I have like a old like punk playlist that's just like a clock, uh, the Atari controller, and a CD as my uh, punk playlist. Do you guys have any favorite punk artists? For older, mm-hmm. I'd have to say like either the Ramones or the Sex Pistols. But if we were to go like newer or early 2000s, I'd have to say like Simple Plan or Sum 41. Definitely Sum 41, yeah. Sum 41's pretty great. Or uh, Blink-182. Their new album doesn't have Tom, but it's still good. Yeah. My music taste is pretty diverse, as in, like, my playlists, it could have Shakira and Slipknot in the same playlist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the playlists are diverse, but when in your car you play, like, Bloodhound Gang, The Ant Word, and uh, Chili Peppers, and that's, like, it. Sometimes I'll have some musical soundtrack, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, mine bounces from, like, musicals to Thy Art is Murder, so. Yeah. Like yeah, I, mine will go from, like, Shawn Mendes to, like, Bro Job. That sounds like something I might listen to because I listen to Bloodhound Gang way too much. My dad actually uh, drank with their uh, lead singer one time at a, a bar, like, without realizing it. Really? That's cool. I love Jimmy Pop so much. Like, I have a shirt and a pin that says, I heart Jimmy Pop. Tabor, I don't know. Like, we have a mutual friend, Jeremy. Yeah. I actually bought him a shirt from the Bloodhound Gang website that says, You're pretty when I'm drunk. That's the one where they do pretty much, like, all of the instrumentation with their voices, right? Yep, they do it. All the backing sounds with their mouths. That shirt fits Jeremy pretty good, too. I know. I, <laughs> I know him very well. I was like, Hey, you want this in green or white? And he was like, White. And then I can wear it to work. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to surround myself with very weird people with very weird music tastes, so. Hi, Zach. Are, are there any other like musical influences that aren't your genre, like really influenced the way that you want to make music? Recently, I've really gotten into uh, John Bellion. I don't know, there's something about his like lyrics and the way his songs sound that are like, they give me like a nostalgic feel. Like he, he has a song called 80s Films. I love the chorus to that song because like I always talk about how I was born in the wrong generation and I wish I was born in like the 80s or the 90s because it's just so much of a better generation for like my personality it seems like so I love that song I love his writing process and his lyrics um definitely outside of the metal community um for me it's gonna be black bear just because he hustles he doesn't not not even sign i just recently watched an interview with him um he's projected to make seven million on his own without a label and that's a lot for an artist who used to work on soundcloud to go up from 
working with uh, artists as well as they were at the time, like Tyler Carter, to going to working with artists like Gucci Mane and other big names like that. His most recent album is definitely a grind. Um, if you follow him, you know he almost died last year. He had a really, really bad pancreatic attack from drinking. Kind of what Digital Drug Lord is about is what he said. It's also about his ex-fiance uh, who cheated on him and had sex with his best friend at the time. But his new album was all written in his hospital bed is what he said. And the way he recorded it was a straight hustle. He literally just sat in his studio with an SM7B microphone, Logic on his computer, and just a couple of this and plugins, and he made a really great top 40 album for the year. Yeah, I think for, like, lyrical content and just, like, how much they put into it, I'd have to say, like, Machine Gun Kelly. He's, like, slowly entering into the more, like, rock area. But he still has the same background. He's been grinding for so long to get where he's at. And he says it with almost every song. And he, like, proves that he's going to stay how he is. Like, for the longest time, he was doing, like, he was rapping and he was talking about how he's from Cleveland and stuff. And then now he was on a TV show called Roadies. And he's getting more into rock and roll. Like, he even did a cover of, uh... Numb. Yeah, Numb by Linkin Park. I love that cover. Yeah, it was good. And then he did a cover of uh, Simple Man on uh, Roadies. By Leonard Skinner? Mm -hmm. Like he did it live on Roadies. I have the yeah. thing on my phone. Nice. Definitely another artist. Um, back to like a kind of rap and R&B. Um, definitely Logic. He's a really, really great rapper. And I'm glad he put out the song 1-800. Um, I don't know the, had the exact number memorized at this moment. But it's a number for the suicide hotline. You know, of course, he just recently lost Chester Bennington in the music scene, which took a toll on all of us. Um, we were actually doing something that day. And when we met up, we were just like, you know, do you hear like this is bad just when logic put out that song it's really eye-opening to see an artist say like this was my past this was me i'm doing better though but like if you need that help it's out there and that's something i want to do that's kind of why i'm trying to get into a psychology degree um after well not after the band but like alongside the band i want to help out people on a bigger level alongside the band and make sure people see that there's light and there's better days for you and that suicide isn't the answer I have not yet listened to that Logic song. Yeah, the music video for it's also really heart-touching. Uh, I actually almost cried watching it, and it takes a lot to get me there. Um, for us, though, Hurricane was that, like, cry-out-for-help song. Like, we're all doing relatively okay. Uh, if you've ever been a musician or are, like, you just know there's those days where you're really stressed out and you don't understand how things are going, but you get through it. Um, but Hurricane, I wrote the chorus and the bridge that was originally written. Um, of course, when we got in the studio, we changed that up, but that has a lot of personal connection to my past and times where I was really struggling and thought that I maybe needed to, like, cut off myself and just leave. Not the band, but, like, I don't want to, like, out front say it, but just, I had thoughts of suicide at the time, and it was really hard, but I'm way past that. I'm in a better way. I'm in a better health. I'm just doing a lot better than I was in the most recent few years. I've definitely noticed a lot of the best art comes from those who are going through the most. In my eighth grade year, during the summer, something happened to me, and kind of one thing after another, and then I slowly started to lose friends, and then all at once, I was cut off to like three key friends. That was a really rough time with me, though, and that was also going into my freshman year, so obviously it was pretty heavy going into high school and just going through so much all at once and then losing all your friends. I was definitely having a lot of thoughts of just giving up and either one, letting life take hold of me and just carry me in whichever way it wanted me to or give up and go six feet under, but, you know, I kept going and... Now I don't know if I'll ever be in that place again, but all I know is I'm living right now and it feels great. 
where this band is at has taken me emotionally to a completely new level from that point and keep fighting through whatever it is you feel because you never know what happens. Maybe, you know, you'll be lost in the dark forest and sometimes a stone gets thrown at your way and it has the directions out. And that's pretty much what this band was for me. Obviously, I didn't realize that at first, but now I realize it is. Good that you guys have found your anchors that made you feel your purpose in life. For me, it's just this band and art in general, just kind of an outlet for anything. Yeah, like for sure, art is a really good way to creatively express yourself. Um, I have a tattoo on my forearm that has a really, really funny story behind it. Um, oh my god, Jason. It, it's Tabor's ex-girlfriend's mom who did it, which is bad connections that we're not going to go into details about. Um, it, was, it was Halloween two years ago. Um, I wasn't exactly the brightest 15-year-old, if you can't tell, getting a tattoo in a kitchen. I was just like, oh, hey, you have a tattoo gun tattoo me, this random tattoo I found on Tumblr. And I wanted to get it covered up, but it's still, at the same time, it's kind of a message to look down at and be like, you know, my art is why I'm here, my creativity is why I'm here, this band is why I'm here, and I need to keep pushing through whatever I may struggle with. Please get it touched up. Oh, it says you are art, if I didn't already say that. Uh, wasn't she doing laundry at the same time? Yeah, um, I'm not gonna go into full detail about it. <laughs> um, she was semi-drunk on, like, OG4 Loco, and, like, halfway through the tattoo, she's like, oh, hey, I gotta go in my washer, I'll be back. And, you know, I was sitting there for, like, half an hour, like, okay. And then she, like, came back and just finished it up, and I went home and kind of regretted it the next morning, but, oh, well, I'm stuck with it, and I like it, this kind of. I just, I don't know what to do with it. This was also before Jason and I were friends, and that was, like, it's just a funny story because what I just talked about, there's a little bit behind it that caused what I was talking about like five minutes ago about how I was in that dark place. And it's just funny to look back at like the exact same time that that happened. He was with someone who sort of caused that for me and uh, got a tattoo from her mom. <laughs> of all the shade that's being thrown, it's great. <laughs> no, what's funny um, is honestly, that... if our band chat was written Paul Book, you would look at us so differently. Oh yeah. But it's funny cuz uh me and Jason actually hated each other at one point. Yeah, I hated him too. Yeah, I was kind of hated and I'm surrounded by people that used to hate me. Um <laughs> Damien had me blocked on Instagram cuz I was dating his ex and he started dating her again after we broke up. <laughs> it's just a that I was dating that same chick again. I kind of dated her a couple of times. Um, oh, yeah. We had just broken up, and Tabor said it was around the time he broke up with his ex. And he was holding hands with her, I think. No, okay, I'm getting mixed up. I was still dating her, but oh we, my God. we went through a rough patch. And yeah. Tabor said... He was, like, holding her hand and shit and, like, trying to get with her. and we Not we, trying to get with her. It was sub a surprise holding hand situation, okay? It was just a day we were at Tabor's house. He's like, yeah, I was, told, I was like, wait, was that when, you know, your ex had blue hair and, you know, she had, my girlfriend had the blue hair? He's like, yeah, I was like, dude, I was dating her at that time. We were just like, wait, what? So I basically almost stole Jason's girlfriend before I even knew the guy. Well, I mean, I knew him because I didn't like him. Well, the only reason why I didn't like him is because he used to, or I had him on Snapchat, and he would always always post the stupidest, like, I'm, he had just gotten his car, so he would always post like that, I'm 16 now, I just got my car, I'm cooler than everyone else kind of stuff. And I was like, this kid's a douchebag. I put a glass pack on my car so it sounds loud and people look at me. <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name's Jason, I have a glass pack on my car, but my car's blue and the muffler's red. Yeah. <laughs> This all sounds extremely high school to me. <laughs> it kind of is. It is. It is. Cause, the story you know. of how we got to... Oh, my God. It's kind of like My Enemies and I, how the two guitarists oh met because... The two guitarists met because one of the guitarists 
uh, stole the other one's girlfriend in fifth grade or something like that. And then that. I guess they like broke up. You started teaching um, one of the other one guitar lessons. And now they're a band. Yeah, and their lead <laughs> singer, like, he may not look like it, but he was actually raised in a Catholic church. <laughs> I mean, I was raised half Catholic, half Jehovah's Witness, but we don't need to get into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that whole thing is really weird. I still don't understand how that works. It works because of divorce. <laughs> is there anything urgent that needs to be said right now? Buy our music. We're broken hungry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, um, we're, gonna, um, we're actually getting ready to launch the merch. Um, yeah, our first t-shirt design is just going to be the album cover of our most recent single. Um, if you're in Topeka and you buy it, I'll hand deliver it and just pay you back your shipping fees because you know, I can just drive through Topeka. I drive everywhere. Um, and then I can have EH handle like Kansas City orders if he wants to, or we'll figure something out. Just definitely support your favorite artists and make sure they don't starve to death. Yeah, we are kind of starving right now. On the way here, we were all mainly Damien, because Damien's always hungry, but Damien was very much complaining about how hungry he was. He was, like, yelling. We drove past Sonic, and he smelled the chicken, and he was like, Oh, my God! Chicken, chicken tenders. tenders sound so good right now. <laughs> and every single restaurant we passed after that was just like, I want food, I want food, I want food, and he's broke, so he... Except Freddy's, don't eat there. Yeah, you're not right. Freddy's. I don't, I've never liked Freddy's. Good. Me and Damien have some particular beef, and well, I don't want to say this publicly, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I mean, I can edit if, this out, so. I don't, leave it in there. I want to know. <laughs> Yo, Freddy's, if you come at me, don't forget, I got that evidence, boy. I'll send you to the state and get you shut down. Shout out to um, Ben Lamb, who did all our uh, all our promotional photos. He did a killer job, and we're at, we actually need to go back to him and get some more work done. Now that we have a new member. Yeah, now they have a new member. And everyone's kind of changed personality-wise since then, the way they dress. So not everyone, but some of us, especially Daniel. Daniel's a lot different. He's got long hair now. And Speaking of Ben Lamb, that brings up another story. When we were there doing our first promos, um, we were using a fog machine. And we just kind of left it running, didn't think anything of it. And Ben had just recently has moved into his new studio. So he was still kind of getting a feel for it. And the fire alarm went off. So he just was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go downstairs. going to shut off real quick. So he goes downstairs, tells his building management, like, hey, I set that off. That's my bad. Like, disregard it. And they're like, okay, whatever. But for some reason in the West Bottoms, I guess when a fire alarm goes off, it notifies the fire department. And we were back doing our photo shoot, and we heard, like, a pounding on the studio door. And I think, Kansas City Fire Department, where's the fire? And we are just like, oh, that's not good. Anytime we used the fog machine after that. We were very careful. Yeah. Yeah. So whereabout in the West Bottoms is his studio? It's just right off of Hickory Street. It's, it's like, like right across it's like from a, uh, one of the haunted houses beast. down there. I actually, yeah. I actually work at Macabre Cinema. Nice. I got to play Hannibal Lecter a few times. So. I don't think you compared to Anthony Hopkins, but okay. No, because I've never seen the movies. Wow. <laughs> How many times have you seen Night at the Roxbury? At least ten. And you couldn't have saved one of those for like Silence of the Lambs, you know, like a cinema classic? Night at the Roxbury is a cinema classic. No, it's not. But Don't my question is, have you seen Rocky Horror Picture Show? Not in its entirety. Have you seen Deathgasm? Uh, not in its entirety. But I have seen The Room over 20 times. <laughs> and I own it. Wow. Hey, it's okay. I, I watch a lot of movies. It's just I haven't seen a lot of the ones that everyone should see. I didn't see Lethal Weapon until like a month ago. I haven't seen what? Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I don't really watch movies. If it makes you feel better, I've never seen Star Wars. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Jason. No. Like, everyone around me just talks about it, and I'm like, what? 
Yeah, we all talk about Star Wars except for this guy. That's okay. My favorite film franchise is the X-Men movies. So. Yeah. I was honestly a big fan of the Transformers just because I was following that ever since I was a little kid. But the new movie, uh, it's not a big fan of it. It's not really... That's the last night, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just not as action-y as it should be. It's not Michael Bay as it should be. Like, there needs to be more explosions. So it's not really directed by Michael Bay? It's directed by Michael Bay, but not... There's not enough fire in it. It's not Michael, Michael Bay, Bay enough. enough. Fair. You go to Michael Bay movies expecting there to be nothing but flames on the screen basically the entire time, so... Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the occasional shot to boob. Fair. Like he, he can make a movie about a campfire and make billions off of it. <laughs> See, that's where... Fireplace the... for your home? Yeah. <laughs> yeah directed by Michael Bay. Directed by Michael Bay. Yeah, Sorry, that's Mark where the Wahlberg. thing comes from. Directed by Michael Bay. It's cuz, hey, explosions. Not, oh hey, it's a flower. Directed by Michael Bay. Like, I don't know if you guys are into stand-up comedy at all, but one of my favorite bits from a stand-up special is from Nick Swardson's special called Seriously Who Farted? And he <laughs> is talking about how uh, it would be great to just put, like, based on a true story on, like, a movie like Transformers so that anyone who's, like, way too high in the movie theater just be like, that happened? <laughs> oh, I love that. That's uh, so good. There's this joke where um, people are wanting to uh, make their kids watch the 2012 movie. Be mm -hmm. like, see that? I survived that. I survived that. Like, <laughs> I saw that in theaters when I was like 12. And it's a PG-13 movie. I just somehow snuck in and got it. Ooh, I loved that movie. Ooh. I was like one of the only people who liked that movie. I like it. You don't have the room in your backpack, do you? Cause that's, like, no. When I, when I, I forgot him. to put it. Like, I usually keep the room right here in this pocket. <laughs> because it has room for it. <laughs> Does putting the room in there give your bag more room? Is that how it works? Time Lord technology. Ladies and gentlemen, we just discovered new scientific evidence. LTM in the science lab next. I'm going to probably cut out any time we talk about the room because no one needs to know how much I love that movie. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say leave it in. Talks about the room for the rest of the interview. <laughs> You lied. I never hit you. You're tearing me apart. The room. Oh my God. Should we give a queso a shout out? Because he's talking. We don't talk about queso. Okay, so our vocalist Jade, he has a side rapping project. It's not like an actual rap thing. And he has a friend named Queso Sexual. Um, um, and Queso sampled the room, the part in the movie. I did not hit her like it's a lot. Yeah, like that. Uh, no. Honestly, I can oh, play hi, it. Mark. Yeah, no, that I gotta turn my phone on, but I can play it real no. quick. No. No? No. No? Okay. No. Well, my phone's on. You can just send it to me on, like, Messenger or something. Okay. You can just play it over. <laughs> Check out Gage on SoundCloud. Yuck. yuck. Does, does he have a last No, it's just yuck. It's just yuck. It's just yuck. Y-U-C-C. Yuck will give you the suck. Or the duck. For one buck. The zuck? The zuck. <laughs> All hell the zuck. <laughs> Another hobby of ours is coming up with really crappy, like, 2007 metalcore song names. Uh, one that Jason took from me and didn't give me credit for. I'm sorry, Tabor, I love you, but when I was 12 years old, I thought of a shopping cart and broke my arm, and ever since then I've had Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card stuck in my head. Yep, I came up with that one. Another thing we all do is we all have terrible senses of humor. Because I could play the didgeridoo. Mm -hmm. Oh no. They're always like, are you going to didgeridoo it, or are you going to didgeridoo-don't do it? And yep. I leave my didgeridoo at Tabor's house. Yep, my he still has his didgeridoo at my house. I need to pick it up sometime. 
Yeah. I'm you just lazy. Did you do that? Yeah. Oh my, God. <laughs> my bandmates and friends have a problem with leaving stuff in my house. I don't think I've ever left anything at your house. Guitar tuner. Guitar. Uh, I, but my, we my... specifically agreed that I could leave that there. Yeah. Okay. Fine, Jason. I guess you're not as cool as everyone else. It's a cat skull Jason. that I found <laughs> on the ground. Didn't we name it Lucifer? Yep. Edgy. Lucifer. Lucifer. Black craft ripoff. <laughs> and speaking of black craft, that brings up another story too. So there was this uh, UK clothing line called Black Sales, which is basically just a hard ripoff of um, Blackcraft. I was like 14, 15. Um, I got like a lot of money for Christmas, and I was going to use it to buy clothes from them. I was buying a bunch of stuff. I spent like 300 to $500 on merchandise, and he just kind of ripped me off and took my money. Wow. Great story, Jason. You know what, Taylor? <laughs> I could be $500 richer, but... You would spend it all on chicken tenders and cheese pizza. From where this interview was going, you'd be the one to spend it on chicken tenders right? and pizza. <laughs> like chicken. All he eats is chicken and pizza. Chicken and cheese pizza. Bro, I live exact. on a budget. Make a grilled cheese and put chicken tenders in the middle of that, and that's so fuego. You can't go wrong with that. Like, okay. no. Like, seriously, the crunch is, like, so perfect with the tenders if you, like, crisp them enough, and then, like, the I cheesy of the grilled cheese. Well, we used to work at a... We, we used, used to, to work, work at Freddy's. Freddy's. So we would get bored, and we would just make this, like, weird food. But don't eat at Freddy's. Yeah, I would take chicken breast, grill them, and put them inside of a grilled cheese. So I work at West Ridge Lanes. Well, I have a lot of jobs. I'm sorry. Uh, but so West Ridge Lanes in the snack bar, and I have this friend, Morgan, who uh, one time we had we went to the freezer, and the hot dogs had expired the day before. And so Morgan was like, we need to cook these. And I was like, Okay, why? He's like, I don't know, but we're gonna put these in the fryer. Do fried hot dogs are pretty good. <laughs> Except like he just tossed them in the like he didn't put any batter on them. He just tossed yeah. them in the fryer <laughs> and then microwaved them afterwards what? and then all put right. them back in the fryer and then served them to some of our coworkers. Our old, our old manager uh, Ryan, he used to do that. This is Morgan. Does that surprise you? No. <laughs> No, nothing, like, Morgan is the one person I could see doing anything. Like, I could see him jumping off, like, the Empire State Building and surviving. Yeah. What, is he Morgan Freeman or something? No, Morgan no, Sisson. <laughs> <laughs> well, Morgan Freeman could jump off Empire State Building and not die, because he's a god. Yeah, he is in that one movie that I No, he's his god Almighty. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Bruce and Almighty. Evan Almighty. Who's seen Evan Almighty, let's be honest. I have. It's It's not as good as Bruce Almighty, but it's still... No. It's yeah, I. It's, it's, it's yeah. I. It's, it's I. I. It's subpar. Just like our band. <laughs> okay, so we can uh, we can wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is Looking Through Me. Where can they find you? Spotify. Facebook. Pretty much every just music site, YouTube. You can find us anywhere, honestly. They have their two songs, Facade and Hurricane. So if you want to check that out, hit them up on Spotify. Thank you all for showing up for your interview today and giving us a taste of looking through me. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for coming in, guys. Thanks for looking through us. All right, see you guys later. That was fine. Editing's great, guys. I work with <laughs> yeah. a bunch of idiots. Trust me, this guy said some very, very easily falsifiable things on the podcast. <laughs> we're not going to go over those right now. Uh, oh, we can. We no, can leave it on we're air. not going. We're not going to right now. Um, <laughs> all right.